0: You're listening to the Jabin Chavez Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help you define your organizational culture and leadership values. Jabin is a pastor, artist, and highly sought after speaker who has a long track record of growing departments, ministries, and organizations. We know that this podcast will bring value to you as a leader and to your entire team. Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. I'm so honored you're spending a little bit of time with me and uh, leaning into uh, this resource. Um, This is episode four, so I'm praying that the first few episodes have been a blessing to you and uh, hoping they're adding value to your organization and adding value to you as a leader. I'm so excited about today's lesson and uh, it kind of came to me as I was preparing for a new sermon series that we're starting at our church and... Um, as I was preparing for that series, I got this leadership thought, so I know you're going to love that. I do want to talk to all of the senior pastors very quickly. I'm so excited about, um, senior pastors round table that's coming up September 9 through 11, 2021. I really do believe it's going to be a special time. This is for senior pastors, lead pastors only, and it is a small round table for you and your spouse. And, um, I think it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to add value to your life. I think it's going to add value to your ministry and your church. And, um, we're going to have some time together where I'm going to share some things that I've learned along the way. Uh, but more importantly, it's just going to be a room of colleagues, a room of, uh, of our fraternity, a room full of senior pastors only, where we can build relationships, where we can be real, where we can ask tough questions where we can receive prayer and encouragement and, uh, really, I believe build some relationships that are going to uh, be with us forever. So the dates are, um, September nine through 11, and, uh, you can get all this information, the website, all that kind of stuff. It'll be in the link in the bio of, uh, or the description of this podcast, or you can go to my Instagram at Jabin Chavez and, uh, the link will be in that bio as well. So anyway, I do hope you'll join us. And, uh, I believe that's going to be awesome for every senior pastor, every lead pastor. And, um, I'm pumped about it. Okay. Let's jump into this new content and I pray it's a blessing to you. I'd love for you to like, share, comment. Um, rate this podcast, all of those kind of things really help us and give us some traction, um, on this podcast. So if you could do that, if you haven't done that yet, that would be a major blessing. And, uh, again, if this content is adding value to you, share it with friends, throw it in your Instagram story, whatever, and help us get the word out. Love y'all. Enjoy. Um, I want to talk about, can anyone guess my freedom (laughs) eating. Oh reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. I forgot I sent you that. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. I did a post about this on my story and uh, I wanna I wanna dive into this and uh help you help you in this area. Self-awareness is the knowledge of one owns character, feelings, motives, and desires. And when I say that, what, what I mean is not what, what you think it is, but true self-awareness is when you actually know your own character, your own feelings, your own motives, and your own desires. That's true self-awareness. When you, when you actually, when who you are and who you think you are actually line up. And uh, a lot of times that isn't the, the case, right? A lot of times who you think you are and who you are are, are not aligned. So self-awareness is the knowledge of one's own character, own feelings, own motives, own desires. And, and then I want to just add to that. And it's, it's an understanding of how people would see you, what people would think of you, what, how people would describe you. You know, we did this, uh, leadership genius test for a lot of the team and, um, one of the thing one of the questions was always posed as like people would say about me people would say about me i don't think a lot of people know what people would say about them you know what i mean they just wouldn't they wouldn't have an understanding of that and so so from your knowledge of your character your feelings your motives your desires there should also be an understanding of how people would describe you who people would think you are this is reputation and reputation matters, and reputation is a big deal. And self-awareness is more important. It's more important than your Enneagram. It's more important than your Myers and Briggs test. It's more important than your horoscope. For you that dabble in that and are demon-possessed. No, just kidding. Uh, but uh, it's more important It's more important than all of that is actually knowing who you are. Because I know a lot of people that know their Enneagram, but they don't know who they are. You know what I mean? They, they can explain how they're a seven or how they're a nine or how they're a one or how they're an eight or whatever. That doesn't really matter if you don't really know who you are. So the, the Enneagram for instance, or the Myers and Briggs or any of the other ones, they may help you in the discovery of who you are, but you are, you are, and you should be more than a number or more than a description you, you've got to know who you are. And then those personality tests can really help you kind of figure some of that out in the sense of like, ah, okay, that's why I think this way. Okay. That's why I process this way. Okay. That's why I lead this way. That's good. But if the, if an Enneagram test ever leads you to, yeah, well, I know I suck at that, but I'm a seven, you know? Well, I know I'm really mean, but ah, I'm an eight. Okay. Well, no, you can't be mean, right? So So your, your, your self-awareness should keep your personality in line. Your self-awareness should keep your, uh, should bring character and humility and submission to your Enneagram number or whatever else. Does that make sense? I hope, I hope that's making sense. So we don't just, we don't lean on a personality test, and then just use that to justify dysfunction in our life. We tracking so far? So that so self-awareness deals with our, my character, it deals with my feelings, it deals with my motives, it deals with my desires, and that's why it's so important. And so we can all grow in self-awareness. Now, when I talk about growing in self-awareness, um, I never want us to be a performance driven culture we've talked about that before so it's it's not that the reason self-awareness matters is because god uses people to lead other people to himself and therefore we don't want to be the stumbling block the roadblock the speed bump uh the shut door that would stop people from encountering jesus so that's why self-awareness matters. That's why character matters. That's why motives matter. All of this matters, not just so that we're we're better, not just so we're better, but because God has entrusted us with this responsibility to lead people. And so I want to be my best, not just so that I'm my best, but so that I am the least distracting road to get people to Jesus. Does that make sense? so that my character isn't um, distracting, my words aren't distracting, my actions aren't distracting, my personality. None of that is taking away from, um, but leading to people. So that's why this really matters, and that's why we should take it really seriously. So now, as I talk about this, uh, remember Luke 2.52. Luke 2.52. Jesus grew. So just think about this already. Jesus grew in wisdom in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew in wisdom, stature and favor. And so can you. Everybody says so can I. Okay, so so you can as well. You can you can grow in wisdom, you can grow in stature and you can grow in favor. Jesus in his humanity had to grow in these things and we can grow in these things and we grow in favor with God and man. And so these are, these are three areas that we should all be growing in. Maybe even, maybe even submit four areas, but we should be growing in wisdom. We should be growing in stature and we should be growing in favor with God and with man. Um, I I know so many people that don't they, they get too individualistic, they get, they get too isolated, and they get too like, well, all I need is God, and if you don't like it, and if you don't like me, and if you don't get me, then you're not assigned to my life. No, Jesus grew in wisdom, he grew in stature, he grew in favor, so not everyone is going to like you or get you or be excited about you, but most people who come into your life should be. Right? Like if everybody's a hater, you're the hater. Right? Does that make If everyone is negative, you're the negative one. If everyone has an issue, you're the common denominator. So we should be growing in wisdom. We should be growing in stature. We should be growing in favor with God. Wisdom is insight, skill and intelligence. You should be growing in insight, skill, and intelligence you should be getting better you should be growing in insight every time you have an experience with with in a certain area it should grow your insight okay that time I messed up when I said that when I did that when I when I when I approach them that way, okay, now I'm growing in wisdom. Not going to do that again. Insight. You should be growing in skill. You should be getting better. Things should be improving. Overall, teams should be improving. Health should be improving. Uh, the the teams should be improving. We should be growing in wisdom, skill. Um, you don't have to be awesome today but we should be on some kind of journey of growth. This is wisdom. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm, I'm becoming a better communicator, better singer. I'm becoming a better leader. I'm becoming better with people. I'm skill. You should actually be growing in skill and then intelligence. You should just be getting smarter. And And wisdom is knowledge applied. We should be growing in wisdom. Number two. We should be growing in stature. Stature is maturity. Stature is maturity. As you, as we're growing and we should be growing in our self-awareness, we should be be becoming more mature, more mature. This is the, the, the thing that you see that Paul constantly called the church to and, uh, Romans, um, Romans 14, uh, first Corinthians eight, you, you see these debates about, about eating and drinking, right? And so people are debating, you know, you go to the market and you buy meat, but that meat earlier that day was sacrificed to some idol. So Christians that are now going, "I, I can't eat meat. I can't do that. So Paul says, if you can't do that, don't do it. If you can do it, do it. If it's going to cause your brother to stumble around them, don't do it. It's maturity. Now, Paul could have said, you are who you are in Christ. You you know, like, like he could have just, you're free. Who cares what people think? Let the haters hate. No, he said, listen, if they're freaked out by this, don't do it in front of them. Uh, same thing with drinking. First Corinthians 8, if you can drink, drink. If you can't drink, don't drink. If you're gonna be in a situation where it's gonna cause people to stumble, don't don't ever put a substance in front of people. Ever. Well, they should be mature enough to handle this. No, you should be mature enough. <laughs> and and by the way, I'll I'll just go ahead and prophesy right now. I think we're where we are going as a nation with marijuana, mushrooms, and other drugs. I think I would say probably in the next five years, churches, including this church, will probably have to take a dry policy. That's where I think we're going. We don't have a dry policy today. If you all want to go have a drink tonight at dinner, do your thing. You better get it out now because I think there will come a day. I think there will come a day that marijuana will become so common and destructive. Drug use will become so common and so destructive and it will be so ingrained in our culture that you will not be able to tell someone, man, I don't think you should do that. Because they're gonna go, Well, you drink wine. Well, you had a you had a drink at your birthday party. Well, yeah, but it's not the same because you don't pop a shroom to compliment the fish. <laughs> yeah, you talk to the fish. The fish starts talking to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You don't you don't roll a joint to complement the ribeye, you know what I'm saying? There there is such a difference it's it's ridiculous that but people so now are going down this culture. And by the way, for people who are listening or you're or in this room or just people you know, I've never met a person that strongly defended alcohol. Anytime you talk to someone who drinks alcohol, you just go, "Hey, just be careful." Just they go, yeah, yeah, for sure. The way people defend marijuana, it's a spirit. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I can't explain it other than I know it in my knower because I have the Holy Ghost. People defend marijuana use so vehemently that in itself should show you there's something up with this. Maturity. Number, number three, Favor. Now, now this is interesting because favor, all this word favor is, it's the Greek word karos. It's grace. Jesus grew in grace. But grace is a free gift. So how do you grow in something that's free? <laughs> you steward it. You steward it. How do you how do you grow in grace? You steward it how do you grow in grace? You give into it. How do you grow in grace? You submit to it. How do you grow in grace? You, you give into it. Jesus grew in grace. Did that mean that God liked him more and more and more and more? No, of course not. It means that as the grace was released and as he grew in wisdom and and stature and immaturity, there was more grace released and grace is not just the forgiveness of sin, or it's not just God's unmerited favor, though it is that it is also, uh, book of Titus that grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Grace is uh second Corinthians chapter 12. My grace is made, uh, my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness. So grace is not only, um, is not only forgiveness. It's also a teacher. Grace is not only, um, you know, just the unmerited favor of God in that way, but it is also the empowerment from God to to walk out this thing. And so what Jesus, so if you think about that, what Jesus did in his earthly ministry was graced to do. And you can grow in that grace. And if you'll grow in wisdom and you'll grow in stature, you'll grow in favor. And you'll grow in favor in two areas, God and man and you can have you can increase your favor with man you can actually increase your favor with people where people go I like you I don't know why I like you you're not qualified but I like you we're going to we're going to make this work because I just like you and I don't know what else to say so you're in now there's there's books written on this and leadership books written on this on the likability factor is what the corporate world calls it. We call it favor. You just favored. You just, I love you. I, I wish I didn't. You're right. But I just, you know, I'm crazy about you. We. That. That's favor. So we can grow in this. And in growing in this, we grow our self-awareness. So. So here's how we grow in wisdom, stature, favor with God. Here's how we grow in self-awareness. Jesus had to grow. We have to grow right? I think we should all agree on that. Hebrews 5 says that Jesus learned obedience through suffering. Jesus did. Now, if Jesus had to, flip. We better learn. We better learn obedience. We better learn wisdom. We better learn stature. We better learn favor. Number one, it's gonna it's going to require intentional relationships if, if you want to grow in your self-awareness, it's going to require intentional relationships. People that, that are not just so identical to you that your dysfunction is their dysfunction. Your strength is their strength. Your weakness is their weakness. And therefore there can never be any tension because it's in the tension that you grow. It's in the iron sharpens iron that you grow. So if you're, what, what I'm not saying is that you shouldn't have people on the same value system. What I am saying though, is that I think we can all be tempted to give into relationships that are, that are so easy, but then they don't, they don't pull anything out of us. So you, you have to have some intentional relationships. Not everyone who is good to you is good for you. Not everyone who is good to you is good for you, so you need some intentional relationships proverbs twenty seven six wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy and I think the temptation is to ser- search out and seek out relationships that'll give you a kiss. <laughs> That'll tell you what you want to hear. That'll just keep you in your same level, but it's going to take intentional relationships with people that will push you, that will wound you, that will push you forward. Again, we're not talking about like abuse and we're not talking about like we become the accountability police that we're always right. Like that's not what I'm talking about. Again, not a performance culture, but, but we do, if you want to grow in self-awareness, you have to have some people in your life to go, man, I wouldn't, don't say that ever again, publicly, ever. <laughs> you just got to have some people like that. You just got to have some people go, man, uh, you should try, do this. Don't do that. Think this way. Don't think that way. I know you just said that. I know you're trying to be funny. Wasn't funny. Let's do this instead. You've got to have some people who, who can do that in your life. It's just how it is. You need intentional relationships. Number two, you need you need to listen more than talk. You have to listen more than you talk. You were given two ears, two eyes, only one mouth. Learn to be in a room and just listen and engage. And you don't always have to speak. Just listen. Just engage. You're learning. You're listening. You're and and this is such a this is such a big thing. If you don't know what to say, don't say. It. If you need something to put on your phone, on your screensaver, that's it. If you don't know what to say, don't say. Proverbs 10:19 When many when excuse me when words are many sin is not absent <laughs> Proverbs 10:19 When words are many sin is not absent but he who holds his tongue is wise or she Proverbs 10:19 When words are many you just start talking start getting loose you're man sin is not absent. It's just going to start. So if you don't know what to say, just don't. Well, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I know you're demanding an opinion of me right now. I actually don't know. What a great, what a great thing to say. I don't know. Now we're in a, a new cycle of news. We used to be in a 24 hour news cycle. Now it's like a 24 minute news cycle. It's so fast. And you have to be careful. This is just some prop, just some wisdom. Don't get caught up in what people are requiring you to speak on. I didn't even know about there was a shooting that happened in Atlanta. Before you know it, stop Asian hate. I want us to stop Asian hate. I don't but I didn't even know that was a thing. I wasn't fast enough on the terrible, sad that the shooting happened. all of a sudden, in my DM on my Instagram on the submitted, when are you gonna say something? When are you gonna say something? when are you I had eight people in about an hour, just so disappointed you're not speaking up on this. I don't even know what happened. I don't even know you know what I'm saying. That's where we're at now. You know, as a pastor, we just feel like you should really. And by the way, people who want you to speak up, they only want you to speak up on their issues. They don't want you to speak up. They don't actually want you to be a voice to culture. They want you to say what they want you to say. You know, I just feel like pastors should be more involved in politics. Well, if you're a Republican and that's what you want me to say, or if you're a Democrat and that's what you want me to say, you've already decided what I should and should not say, then you put a real broad blanket over it. Like, you know, we just feel like you need to be louder on some of this stuff. Well, no, you want me to be louder on your stuff. So before I even know it, there's a, you know, then I start, okay, okay. Now there, okay. There's a hashtag. Okay. There's, there's been a shooting. Didn't know there was a shooting. Okay. Could be racially charged. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to get information. I don't know. Pretty soon every, you know, hip pastor in America's doing a Okay, cool. I'm glad they did. My daughter's walking around the lobby. That's scary. Sorry. Does she have a teacher? Oh, thought we hired someone. Okay, sorry. It's for the podcast. Uh, let's edit this. Before, before I know it, does that make sense? You know. And then if you don't say anything, now the new phrase is "silence is violence." It's like, no, it's not. Sorry, it's not violence. I just didn't know about it. Wasn't aware. You, you got to learn to just go, I'm not fully aware of what's going on, so I'm actually just not going to say anything. And then if you learn enough and you, and you feel like, okay, this is a cause, okay, this is a, go for it. You do you. I've never told people what to, you know, through this crazy last year that's been very charged. I haven't told, I've never told someone what to post or not to post. I would just hope, You're listening more than talking so that if you do talk, you actually know something. Okay. So again, I'm not against that hashtag. I'm, I'm, I'm so sad that that shooting happened. I'm just giving you an example of within an hour, I've got all these strangers telling me what I'm supposed to talk about. And when, when words are many, sin is not absent. You gotta learn how to listen you gotta learn how to listen more than talk. And and I think that sometimes, especially if you get in a room with people that are at a different level than you or are um there can be a pressure to speak up or a pressure to get involved in the conversation or a pressure to you can maybe start feeling insecure. There is nothing wrong with being in a in a room with high level people and just smiling and nodding. And I'm just, I'm engaged and I'm learning and I'm not saying anything. I I got to be involved in a round table uh, last week with um, a, a pastor and uh, I think, I don't know, largest church in America or second largest church in America. And, and during this round table, he actually said, hey, as I'm teaching, if you ever want to interject, you know, just speak up. And I thought, what idiot. Would interrupt this amazing once in a generation man of God. And sure enough, we're just, we're there we're, I'm on bated breath. I'm just, ah. yeah, you know, pastor, I just, with what you were just saying, dude has a church of 300 people. I'm like, what are you, how are you talking right now? How are you? Well, you know, in in your context, you're in Alabama, but, you know, I'm up in uh, Illinois and it's just a little different. I'm just like, buddy, just stop talking. Just learn. Just, oh, my God, just, and I don't know, it's just a lack of self-awareness. I don't know, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying, OMG, get some self-awareness. And in that moment, just, you know. And then that pastor, oh, well, oh, that's a great thing. You know, I, maybe you should try, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm just dying on the inside. You know, like sweating. I was so uncomfortable. Get some self-awareness. Number three, ask more questions than give answers. Ask more questions than give answers. So good. And and again, so going back to that example I just gave, it would be the most random, like, well, you know, for us. And I'm like, whoa, no, not right now. This is like, we're, we've been given such amazing access. Don't, don't, don't tell him what you're doing. Ask him what he's doing and do that. You know what I mean? I'm just like, cause I, cause I did ask questions when it was time for Q and A's, but I asked questions and I just went, how would you ask more questions and give answers you're not asking questions for one of two reasons: either you're simply not interested, which is not good, or you think you already know. It's not good. You got to learn how to ask questions. Ask more questions than give answers. Again, you're either you're either not interested. Or you think you already know. And I and I would just say both of those are dangerous. You want to, you want to be in the posture of a learner, a disciple. We talked about that this weekend. And if your 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 life and and your leadership especially is really going to be the result of the questions you're asking. Asking the right questions to the right people, you're going to get the right answers. And with the right answers comes the right results. So ask the right questions to the right people. I'm going to get the right answers. I'm going to get the right results. So a a little bit going back to that. So I was asking that pastor some questions. I learned so much. I then emailed his right hand man and I said, can, can I follow up? I've got a few more questions. Yes. So now we're having a follow-up meeting while I was on the plane. I text, um, the, the number two guy at elevation. I said, Hey, do you have a couple of minutes? I have some questions. Yes. Uh, in a next month, I'll be at a really large church preaching. And that pastor is a, is a, he's not my bro. He's a mentor. I'm already thinking it's a month away. I'm already, I'm not thinking about what sermon I'm going to preach. That's easy. I'm thinking about if I get breakfast with him, if I get lunch with him, if I get dinner with him, what am What do I need to talk to him about? Not so that I'm interesting. Not what am I going to say. Well, yeah, you know, coming back pretty strong post-COVID. No, like we're at about 60%. It's above the national average. You know, we're doing pretty good. No. (laughs) It's what people get insecure. I'm going to sit there and go, and I've already got questions that I'm thinking about. How would you do this? Well, how would you approach this? What, what would you do in this? And I'm already, because those, that's how you, that's how you break out of a lack of self-awareness. That's how you grow. James 1, 5 says, if any lack wisdom, let him ask. If any lack wisdom, let him ask. Just, you want to learn how to become, um, I forgot who coined this phrase. I think it was Charles Neiman. Might've been Tommy Barnett. You have to learn how to become a master asker, a master asker. You just you ask questions, you learn. What would you do here? How did you, how would you do this? How would you do this? I'm, I'm one of maybe, maybe the most amazing thing, maybe the, one of the most surprising things about ministry so far for me as a senior pastor is the lack of questions that I get. Hey, can we have lunch? Yeah. And then they just talk. I'm like, okay, that's okay. But what if like I can help you? (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm just still so shocked that, uh, that people would ask me to coffee and then just talk about their life for 30 minutes. And maybe that's just what, you know, that's what they need. And um, you know, I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm still so shocked that you wouldn't go, what, what do you think about this? What would you do in this area? What would you, and then the flip side would be like two guys in our church that are, that are very successful that I'm thinking of just off the top of my head, or the other day we golfed with two guys that are very successful. All they did is ask questions. They make more money than me. They're just asking questions, asking me questions. Does that, you know what I mean? And I felt like going, I don't know, what do you do? <laughs> you know, like you're the one just asking questions. I'm going to have lunch today with Corey, one of my dearest friends in the church. All that dude does is ask questions and he's highly successful. He's a top whatever dog in his company. And he, and all he does is ask questions. What, how do you do this? What do you do about this? How'd you approach this? What would you do in this area? What would you, well, that's not that is just indicative of who they are and why they're successful right they're not successful because they're asking me questions they're they're successful because they're asking questions right So what they do with me is what they they they've learned this is self-awareness you don't learn this by prayer okay you learn this is how you learn it it's very un it's very practical and very unspiritual but this is how you become a better leader. You, you learn this by just being told and you just, and you ask questions. You just ask questions. So you got to ask more than you, than you give answers. Not that you don't have answers. I'm not saying you don't have answers. I'm not saying you can't share ideas. Uh, we want that. We welcome that, but just ask. And number four, Self-awareness will require you to receive correction. Receive correction. All right, Proverbs 12.1, here we go. Rapid fire, Proverbs 12.1. Whoever loves instruction, loves knowledge. Whoever hates correction is stupid. <laughs> or another translation, if that, that's too harsh for you, is a fool. Proverbs 12.1. If you love instruction, you love knowledge. If you hate it, you're stupid or you're a fool. Uh, The the Greek word there is brutish. I mean, a a Hebrew word is brutish. You're brute. You're a, you're just, you're dumb. You just, just an idiot. that's what it means. Proverbs fifteen thirty two. Are you being are you being uh, are you being built up this morning? Proverbs fifteen thirty two. I'm just helping you with self awareness. You got because you got to be open to this. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. If you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. That was Proverbs fifteen thirty two. Proverbs nine eight. Do not rebuke mockers; they will hate you. Rebuke the wise, and they will love you. Now that's a leadership principle. Here's the leadership principle. We love everybody and we help everybody. But the moment that they reveal to you that they're a mocker or a fool, we we stop giving them the time for correction. Man, I've just been trying for 6 months. Why? I try with him for six months when this guy would have got it in six minutes and now he would be so much further along and you know what I mean? So we don't, we don't give up on anyone, but we're careful with our correction because to a mocker, to a fool, your correction is mean. Your correction is over the top. Your correction is, you know, they, they just don't accept me and love me. But to the, to the wise, you rebuke the wise. They love you. They go, wow, thank you for telling. I didn't know that. Whoa, I didn't even know that. I didn't know I said that. Oh, man, I didn't know I acted that way. Oh, my bad. And they just, they love it. They just love it. Oh, thank you for helping me grow. I want to grow. And that's who, you know, I think so many times churches and church leaders, we just love God and we love people but if we're not careful we'll waste our time not we don't you don't waste your time on a person but we waste our time on an attitude that is refusing to shift and and this is something that I have to do where I get I'll get I get guys who go can I meet with you and I go you are you already have a plan so don't waste my time telling email me your plan you're already gonna do your thing so I don't need to sit there for an hour and wow oh, wow God told you wow that's all, wow wow the Lord's wow that's great wow awesome what am I gonna do with that praise God praise God Hebrews 12 11 for the moment all, at the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it hebrews 12:11 in the moment it hurts but man it leads to a to the peaceful fruit of righteousness omg let that describe my life i'm just living in the peaceful fruit of righteousness <laughs> I don't even know what that means. That's how I want my life to be. Amen. Okay. It's it's peaceful. It's quiet. It's righteous. I'm living in the fruit. It's all good. It only happens through correction. Uh, Number five, you got to become a reader. Podcasting is not reading. Documentaries are not reading. Sermons are not reading. Reading is reading. I would even submit to you that audiobooks. it's not reading. I would submit to you like, no, it's not reading. <laughs> there, There is there is power in reading and there is, um, we'll just look at this really quick as I sent it out to you guys, but just a few of the things that that make it so good. Reading brings existing neural pathways in the brain to life, so they're there. But as you read, you awaken them. Reading complex poetry in particular helps the brain remain uh remain elastic and active. Hey. So and the reason is, so when you read, I mean, when you're watching a movie or a documentary or whatever, there's you know, they hit the music just right and the this right and this, this right, and this just right. Nothing wrong with it. You just don't have to think. It thinks for you, it feels for you. It so you just Right, it doesn't require your brain when you read, and this says complex poetry. But the Bible, you actually have to think. What is Paul? What is this? What do they? Huh? Oh, yeah, that proverb just said that. But that proverb just said that. And how do they? Well, all this boom. Now you're you're moving. You're grooving. It's requiring your brain to stay elastic and active. Uh, frequent brain exercises like reading decrease mental decline for the elderly by 32%. When you read a book, you have to remember a lot of things, including different characters, the main plot, subplots, thoughts of the story. So true about the Bible as well. All those points um, throughout the story are a new memory in your brain, which means new synopsis. Is that a synopsis? Not a synopsis it's a synapsis. This is why I should read more being created and existing one uh one's being strengthened therefore your brain short-term memory and recall capabilities improve so you get smarter okay and I, we could keep going'll we'll, we'll stop there um you will become more self-aware as you read because you're you're growing in stature, you're growing in wisdom you're growing in skill. You're just, you're becoming smarter. And you know what? It's interesting because when you talk to people, when you talk to like great leaders, great, really rich people, really, you will notice that they'll call books to memory. You know, I'll never forget in that John Maxwell book, boom. I'll never forget in this book, boom. I'll never forget in this book, boom. And they start they never go, you know. I was watching this documentary, man, and I just, just don't do it. You know, I was on YouTube late last night, bro, and I just freaking. It's not. That's not but close to me. Isn't that so true, freaking bro? I found this dude on Instagram, bro, freak, bro. Just telling me, got magnets in our arms, bro. It's all crazy, bro. Okay, whatever. Read. Number six. I'm almost done. Everybody relax. Everybody relax. Don't get mad at me. Studying people in your field that are further along. Find inspiration. Do not mimic them, but do be inspired by them. Just study people in your field that are further along. This is what I do. I don't follow a thousand pastors. I don't follow, but there's just a few guys that I, I just keep my eye on. I just keep learning from their, from their, from their preaching to their leadership, to their walk with God, to their family, to, and I just, I just keep up with them. I just keep, and, and sometimes guys that maybe are even really popular. I just, I look at maybe their ministry or their life or whatever. And I go, man, I don't, that's not where we're going. So I don't like reject them or whatever. I just, that's not who I'm getting my influence from, but then I'll look at other guys and I'll just go, okay, yeah, this is the direction. This is where we're going. This is. And so you just find people in your field that are further along and you keep their influence. You keep their voice. Uh, you keep, you keep who they are in you and around you. And you're just, you're just kind of following that lead. And it's really important. That's how you these are just six ways. There could be a lot more, but these are six ways to grow in self-awareness. Self-aware leaders are the most powerful leaders. Self-aware leaders are the least distracting leaders. Self-aware leaders are, to me, the most successful leaders and are best at pushing the spotlight away from themselves and putting it on either the mission or in our case Jesus or the the vision of what's going on. They're just, they're able. They've they've learned the art of self-awareness. It's so huge. It's something we have to continue to grow in. We grow in it. Jesus grew in it. We grow in it. It's it's not a overnight thing, but it's definitely something that we want to be thinking about. It's something that we want to be aware of, and it's something that we want to fight for because it will always lead to favor. Just will always lead to favor with God and with man. Will always lead to favor. Amen.